0: If you have your Bible, we're going to be looking today in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to look in verses 4 through 11, and we are continuing our series today, Unshakable Mission, and what we have seen is that God has a mission for his followers. is a mission for the church, and of course, whenever he's speaking of the mission for the church, that's us, I mean, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, and so The thing that we've been focusing on the last few weeks, we've been talking about the gospel, you know, the good news of Jesus. And so we have a a calling to stand firm on that word, to believe in those promises. But, you know, for for those of us who have grown up in the church, for those of us who are familiar with Christianity, it is one thing to kind of understand what the gospel is, but it is another thing to actually live the gospel, And so I just wanted for us to focus in on today, and not just simply knowing what the gospel is, which is what we talked about last week, but how do we actually live the gospel to where we make an impact in the lives of people? Now, I want to start off by sharing a story that was in Reader's Digest. There was a rescue nurse who uh, wrote a story and she talked about how they were, uh, they were flying uh, to, to rescue a lady who was a scuba diver. And so when they got there, she was unconscious. And so they got her onto the helicopter. They were taking her to the hospital. And as they were flying her there, the, the lady woke up mid-flight. And when she woke up, she looked up, saw the nurse there. And she just started, I mean, she was screaming bloody murder going crazy, they were trying to calm her down, and they had a very difficult time doing it, and finally the nurse, she was wearing a helmet and a visor, and so she slid her helmet off of her head to make eye contact with the lady, and the lady immediately calmed down, and she said, oh my goodness, she goes, thank God, you're human, uh, she thought she'd been abducted, you know, by aliens, and so, you know, there are times, you know, in life whenever, you know, whenever there are things that happen to us that kind of catch us off guard. You know, that are sort of surprising to us. Uh, I'm sure that some of you can think of some good surprises that you would like to have in your life. Like, you know, you would probably be really excited and surprised to find out, you know, like you, like you won the lottery. Uh, there are others of you, maybe you wouldn't be so excited, you know, if you found out that in nine months you're going to have another baby. Uh, you know, Kathy and Bubba, hey. Uh, so there might be some stuff like that that happens. It's a little bit shocking to you. Now, as believers, I think one of the things that can be shocking to us is to discover that God has actually gifted his people to be able to live out the gospel. And I think sometimes as believers it's easy for us to think, hey, I'm a Christian and, and, I, and I'm good, that's all that there is. You know, I don't have anything really special about me or about my life. But we're going to look into the Bible today And we're going to see that one thing that God does is that God always empowers his people, which is you, it's the church, to be able to live out the gospel. And one of the ways that he does that is he gives spiritual gifts to his people to be able to live out the truth of God's word, to be a reflection of Jesus in the world that we're living. So that's why we're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And it's in the section of Scripture that Paul informed the church in Corinth that God had gifted them, that God had given them spiritual gifts, and he gives you spiritual gifts as well. And so I just want us to look into the Scripture today and just to take a look and to see some things that we can learn about spiritual gifts. So, so what are some things that we need to know or we can learn about spiritual gifts? Well, before we get there, I, I want to let you know that Corinth, was a, it's a town that's in modern-day Greece. And it was a very cosmopol- cosmopolitan city. Had a, it was a port city, so a lot of different people from all over the world came through there trading. And so there's a lot of different ideas that came there. It was also the home to the Temple of Aphrodite. And I've mentioned this to you all before. Of course, if you are up on your Greek mythology... Uh, Aphrodite, she was the goddess of what? Of love. That's scary that y'all know that. Uh, so yeah, so she's the goddess of love. And so because she's the, it's the goddess of love, it's not a I mean it's not a Christian temple. And so they did not promote they did not promote good Christian morals there. Okay? So it was just it was a rather loose society. But in the midst of a society like this, there's a church. And so it has been very easy to be a little bit jaded and to think Man, we can't make a difference here. And these people are living like they want to. We don't have any, anything attractive to say to them. And so then Paul, in, in this scripture, 1 Corinthians 12, said, oh, no, listen, God has gifted you. He's gifted you in ways where you're going to be able to live out the gospel and impact the community where you live. Okay, same thing's true for you. God has gifted you in order to be able to live out the gospel to impact You know, Blythewood, Columbia, where you work, where you go to school, your neighborhood for Jesus. So so what do we do? Well, I, I just want us to look at a few things to learn about spiritual gifts. And the very first thing to learn is that, first of all, when it comes to spiritual gifts, there are different kinds of gifts. You have different kinds of spiritual gifts. Now, I want you to look with me. In verse number 4, that's what Paul said about spiritual gifts. Paul said, now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God is active in everyone and everything. Okay, so what are, what are spiritual gifts? Uh, a, a Christian pastor, Bruce Bugby defined it like this. I thought it was a good definition. He said, spiritual gifts are divine abilities distributed by the Holy Spirit to every believer according to God's design and grace for the common good of the body of Christ. So it's important to understand or recognize that a spiritual gift is something, it's not something you're born with. It is something that the Holy Spirit gives you. Now, let me, let me try to explain, um, and I said this in the first service, and this can be, this might be surprising to some of you. Uh, when it comes to me, and I can tell you about myself, my natural tendencies, is, 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 I'm introverted. Can y'all believe that? That is my natural tendency. Uh, my natural tendency is to be by myself, to maybe live in a cave, and never come into contact with people. I mean, and you know what? I think I could survive, you know, other than like Janie and my family. Okay, so I would, I would feel pretty good about that. Okay, now something, and this is what I believe. I believe that as I became a follower of Jesus and I felt God calling me into ministry, God gave me the ability to be able to stand in front of people and talk. And y'all, I, let me tell you something. I didn't volunteer for this. Um, I did not want to do this. It's not, my druthers is not to be in front of people. and That's the truth. But I believe that is a spiritual gift that God bestowed upon me. Now, I know that whenever we talk about spiritual gifts, people think, okay, if somebody's going to be spiritually gifted, there's like three. You know, you have to be a preacher, that's me, or you have to be, you know, somebody that stands up here and sings and leads in music, or you become a missionary, you know, like to, to a place where there's no air conditioning and you drink water and get sick. So that's a spiritual gift. Okay, now let me tell you something. There are more spiritual gifts than being a preacher, than singing songs, and being a missionary. And that's why I want you you to look back in verse number four. If you look in verse number four, Paul said, there are different kinds of gifts. And that word different is a cool word. It, it It doesn't just mean different, it means variety. It means there's a lot of different kinds of gifts. And now this makes sense if you read verse number 12. In verse 12, Paul wrote for as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body though many, they are one body. So also is Christ. So followers of Jesus, we make up the body of Christ. And just like a human body, there's a lot y'all there's a lot of different parts to the human body, right? A lot of different parts, but it's it's just one body. But for the body to work correctly and to function correctly, all the parts need to do their job. You know, I mean, what, what would happen if you, if your eyes decided I'm taking the day off? Is that going to mess up the function of the body? I mean, absolutely. I mean, is it? Yes. You're going to be messed up if your legs decide Hey, I'm not going to work today." I mean, that's that's going to be it's going to be difficult. So for the body to function correctly, all the parts have to participate. And that's what Paul is saying here. He's saying there's more than just simply one gift or two gifts. He said the, the body of Christ is complex just like the human body, and if it's going to work correctly, then all the parts, regardless of your giftedness, need to put your giftedness into practice. Now some of you say, well, you know, I just don't think what I, what I can do is really that big of a deal. It's not that important. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not I'm not a guy that's going to stand up and I'm 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 not gifted. I'm not gifted and standing in front of people and speaking. I'm not a singer. So I, I'm not that important. you know, that's not true. And again, I I like to relate things to let I me mean, think about the human body. Now, the human what are the most important things in, in the body of the human body? You say your heart, your brain, you know, your eyes are important, your ears. And would you say those are the most important things? I mean, they're definitely very important. But it's interesting to me that you begin to recognize how important other parts of your body are when they quit working. So if those of you who are 50 and older, you know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, you get older. I mean, for the first time in my life, you know, I, get, I get sore. And I start thinking, gosh. And I, had, uh, I was talking to a guy, I was talking to Bill Wiseman. I was like, when I push right here, it, I mean, seriously, I'll push right here. And it feels like I, it's like there's a shooting pain. That, that goes down my legs. Like, what is up with that? I've never had that problem before. Oh, it's your IT band. I mean, is that really that important? Well, it is when it hurts. And so right now, I push on it, right, it hurts right now. And so he told me the stretch that I can do, and it's like you stick your leg out in front of you like this, and squat. I was like, that's going to be even worse. But it's interesting. That IT band matters for your body, and you want it to function correctly. Now, you might say, hey, you know, I feel like maybe in the body of Christ, I'm just an IT band. Let me tell you, you matter. Uh, you are important. I, I feel like I'm a little toe. You know, if you ever stub your toe, you know that, that that little toe matters. I mean, it's important. And so, in, in a similar sense, the same thing is true in the body of Christ. Now, you might say, well, what gifts are there? Well, it... In the Bible, it tells you some of the gifts at First Corinthians twelve, and I'm not going to read them all, but you can look in First Corinthians twelve. You can see what the gifts are. Romans twelve. Uh, you can look in Ephesians four and First Peter four. All this, the big list of the different kinds of spiritual gifts that there are. So, one thing to understand about spiritual gifts is just to understand there's a whole lot of different spiritual gifts. Not just there's not just a few. There are a lot different kinds. But another thing to learn about spiritual gifts are this, that spiritual gifts help the body function correctly. And I I get that if you look in uh, verse number, let's see, verse 7. It says, a manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person to produce what is beneficial. Okay, now the Corinthian church, they were a very gifted church. They had spiritual gifts big time. Uh, chapter 1, verse number 7, Paul said this to them. He said, you do not lack any spiritual gift. Very gifted. But even though they were gifted, y'all, they were messed up. You, if you read through 1 Corinthians, gosh, they had, they had every problem you can think of in the church and more. I mean, they were just, they were, they were crazy, First uh, Corinthians 11, 17 through 18, Paul said, Now, and given the following instructions, he's talking to the church. He said, I do not praise you, since you come together not for the better but for the worse. For to begin with, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and in part, I believe it, now, what was the problem? Well, the people, they had their giftedness. They were kind of showing off with their gifts. I'm more important than you are. Uh, my gift is better than your gift. They were fighting with each other. Uh, there was division in the church. It's just causing a whole lot of problems. Now, guys, God did not gift us to show off. Uh, God did not gift us to make much of ourselves. God gifted us so that the entire body of Christ will function correctly and give a picture of the gospel. But when we use our giftedness for our own purpose and for ourselves to make ourselves look good, Paul said, you're, Paul said you're operating in the flesh, not the spirit. There's a big difference between the two. In Romans 8, 6-8, through 8, speaking of the spirit and the flesh, it says the mindset of the flesh it's death, but the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. For the mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit itself to God's law for it's unable to do so. Those who are in the flesh, right here, it says you cannot please God. So so why has God gifted us? God has gifted us for the purpose of blessing other people, not to serve ourselves. Uh, 1 Peter 4.10 says, Based on the gift each one has received, use it to serve others. As good managers of the varied grace of God. Now, now why did God do this? Because y'all, let me tell you something. There is power when the body of Christ works together, as when it's just one individual trying to do stuff all by himself. There, there is strength in numbers. Uh, I'm sure whenever you've seen geese fly before, it's an old, you know, old illustration, but it's true. They, they fly. You know, they find that V formation. And here's what's interesting about the V formation. When they fly like that, it actually creates, uh, it, it, it knocks down the wind resistance for the geese when they're flying. Geese, when they fly in that V formation, they are able to fly 71% further than if they're just flying by themselves. It's pretty, I thought that was pretty cool. And that, that's what happens when you work together. Uh, the the lead goose who's flying, he he was he's the guy that you know he's the guy that's taking the brunt of the wind. When he gets tired, you know he does he rotates out, and then some some other goose comes up front and will take his place. Now this is one that I thought was really neat. If one of the if one of the uh, gosh I was gonna say geese is it geese? If one of the geese I'm getting messed up. One of, if one of the goose if one of the geese gets tired, or he gets sick and he falls out of formation. Two other geese will follow him down, and they will stay with him until he recovers so they can catch back up to the group. Now, how cool is that? Isn't that neat? I, mean, I think people would do well to do that. And I thought, what, what, what a great example. Now, that is, that is why whenever we use our giftedness, we are to use our giftedness to be a blessing to others. Village Church, if we're going to make an impact and be a blessing to our community, you know, we can't just talk the gospel we live it. We live it out. And so whatever your gift is, it needs to be practiced. Paul says you practice your gifts for the common good. And so as a church, if, if we put our egos aside and we say, you know, we're going to work together, let me tell you something, we're going to make a difference in the lives of people. We're going to make a difference in the lives of people, in our, in our workplace, in the school, In our homes, now, now some of you might say, "I already know what my gift is." That's great. If you know where you are gifted, here's the question: Are you using it? You say, "I'm not, not yet." Well, we have at Village Church the way we use our gifts. The the avenue that we work through to do that is our C four ministry, and each C stands for a category of how we serve here in our community. We have community ministries. We have campus ministries. We have care ministries. We have civic ministries. And so if you go to the C4 area in the foyer, you'll see a big big sign on the wall, a lot of different areas where you can say, hey, this is where I can plug into and begin to serve. Now, some of you might say, I don't know where I'm gifted. Still go there and look. You know the, you know the best way to discover where you're gifted is? It's just to start serving. As you start serving, you know, when I started in ministry, I started in, as a youth pastor. I only play, I, I'm not gifted there. So it took me a year to figure that out. And so I said, hey, that's great. Um, we need Matthew. And so I, I moved on out and did something different. But I, I had to get involved to begin to serve, and then God began to lead me where I needed to be. So the first thing to learn about spiritual gifts, they're, they're different kinds of gifts. But also, another thing to learn about spiritual gifts is they help the body function correctly. And now here's the last one. Last thing to learn about spiritual gifts. Every believer has received a spiritual gift. If you are a follower of Jesus... You have a spiritual gift. You say, how do you know that? Well, look in verse number 11. But one and the same Spirit is active in all these. Now, some of the gifts are mentioned in the verses before, and you can read those. And it says, the Holy Spirit distributes these gifts to each one as he wills. If you don't have that underlined, you ought to underline that. He distributes to each one gifts to each one as he wills. Did you know that the the people at Village Church Who are the ministers here We're not the only ones that have spiritual gifts Who does Everyone who is a follower of Jesus Christ Has been given a spiritual gift Now, Now what does that mean Now here's what it means for me When I hear people tell me You know I'd love to serve But I'm just not gifted I've got ammo Now that's not true because when I look at verse number 11 here, it says it is the Holy Spirit who distributes gifts to each one as he desires. Who is each one? What's you? So we can't make excuses and say, I've not been gifted. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have been gifted. Now, who's the one that provides the gift? It's the Holy Spirit. And because it's a gift, you don't get to choose your gift. The, the Holy Spirit gives it to you. That's why it's called a gift. Now, I'll be honest with you. There are times whenever I'll see, and you know, I'll see, James up here leading us in music, or I'll watch, you know, somebody up here like Chris playing an instrument, and I think, why don't I have that gift? Because I think I'd be great at it. And, but you know what? God didn't give me the gift. Now, I can complain, and you might say, there's some gifts I'd like to have, but I don't have them. Be frustrated. Don't be frustrated. God's the one who gives the gift. And he, and he didn't give you that gift for a particular reason, because he gave you another one. And it is important that you use the giftedness that God has given you. He said, Well, I just think I'd be better at this other one, though. I mean, let me tell you something. If, if the Holy Spirit gives it to you, I promise you he knows more about gifts than you do. Uh, also, if, if the Holy Spirit is the one who gives the gift, then that means that because somebody else has a different gift, it doesn't mean his gift or your gift is better than the other. God's given the gifts. And he's given the gifts because he needs the entire body to work together to function correctly. Now here's the key part. If God has gifted every believer, which he has, that's what the Bible says, then are you using the gift that God has given you? Because I want to tell you something, if you don't use the gift God has given you, this is what I believe, he'll take it from you. You either use it or you lose it. You know the story, the parable Jesus told about the talents? You know, one guy had ten talents. Another guy had five talents. The other one had one talent. The guy with ten talents went out, invested, made ten more talents. The guy with five talents went out, invested, made five more talents. You all remember what the guy with one talent did? He buried it. Hit it. He was scared. Scared to use it. Didn't want to mess up. So he just buried it. Master came back. You remember what the master did with the talent? He gave it away. He took it away from him and gave it to someone else. Now, that reminded me of a story. There's a great violinist named Niccolo Paganini. And a, he was a great, a great violinist. And uh, he, he willed his violin to his home city of Genoa. And he said, I, I'm going to, to give this to you. He said, but when you receive it, there's a stipulation no one else can ever play it. Now, that turned out to be unfortunate. Because the violin, whenever it's handled and whenever it's played, it keeps its shape. It, it, doesn't, it you know, doesn't decay. But because no one played it over the years, what happened is it became a worm-eaten violin. Because it was no longer used. Y'all, you know, that's what happens when we don't use our gifts. They are eaten away from us and it just simply becomes a relic that loses its meaning when it's not put into use. Now, there are a few things to learn about spiritual gifts, and we've just looked at our text and seen them. There's different kinds of gifts. Spiritual gifts help the body to function correctly, and every believer has a spiritual gift. Now, as I said earlier, some of you might say, I'm not real sure what my gift is. The best way to discover it is going to go and start serving. And so that's why we have that, That's why we have the C four wall out there, so that you can discover some areas where you can serve. So start looking to see where you can plug in, and let's just see what happens. Others of you know where you are gifted. And now there's some of you, and some of you are you are gifted. You're gifted in music. Let us know that you need to start serving up here. Some of you are gifted in teaching. Use that gift. Um, others of you are gifted in, in hospitality. You make people feel welcome. You know, if you open up your bullets and you look in there, you can see some different areas where you can sign up, and you need to sign up for those things. Say, "Hey, I'm interested in this area—music area, greeter area, whatever it might be." And then you tear that out, after you fill it out, and you put it in one of the boxes as you leave here, so that we can we can begin helping you in the process of starting to use your gifts. Now, now why do we want to do that? Because as we have a mission, we as we have a mission as a church. As believers, our mission, it is the gospel. Jesus came here, he became God in flesh. And he became a sacrifice for mankind to bridge the gap between man and God. To make the payment for sin that we all owe. And then three days after he died for us, he rose from the grave, conquering death. Saying, those who follow me will do the same thing. That is the good news. And it's one thing for us to say it, but we got to back it up by the way that we live. And God has given us spiritual gifts to be able to live out the gospel. Now, here's the deal. Before you're ever going to receive a spiritual gift, though, you have to become a follower of Jesus. You might say, well, I'd like to be a follower of Jesus. Here's the good news. You can do that today. And so here's how I'd like to close out the service. I, I'd just like for us to bow our heads and to close our eyes. And some of you, you say, you know what, I know where I'm gifted. Um, hey, t- take, your, take the contact form in your bulletin. You fill that out. Just check those areas where you're interested. And then you tear it out and you drop it in that, that uh, box at the back as you leave here today. But others of you who might say, you know what, I want to know Jesus Then where you're seated, you can can just simply talk to him and you can pray this prayer or something like it and just simply say, Jesus, today I want to surrender my life to you. I have sinned and I need forgiveness and I ask you to forgive me. I need a Savior. So Jesus, I ask you to save me. pray you will cover me with your grace your righteousness and I believe that you have power over the grave and I will follow you if you prayed that I just want to encourage you, you do the same thing take out your contact form in the bullets and fill it out put your name on it, check that line, I commit my life to Christ you tear it out and you can put it in that box a silver box as you walk out the door we can get you some information about growing in a walk with Jesus. But one of the ways the world is going to see Jesus is through you living out the gospel. By you using your giftedness for the glory of God. Heavenly Father, we are grateful that you are a good, loving God. Jesus, in in your mercy... In your foresight for some reason you have chosen to use people in order to be the body of Christ to walk in this world to live in such a way where we represent Jesus. Heavenly Father I pray that this church will be a church that will look like Jesus and I pray these things in Christ's name